Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. So glad that you decided to tune in. It's Monday, so that means Austin Brubaker joins. We have an exciting show today. I'd like to talk about. So, Austin, good morning. Good morning, Casey. How are you doing? Good. I'm sure that you're trying to catch up on your sleep after a big road trip last week. Oh, yeah. No, it was Thursday was about, I think for me, about 12 hours of driving that I had to do. Uh, so Saturday, I just crashed and was able to catch up on sleep. So just about back and ready uh, for the kind of normal everyday grind now. Yep. And the minor league season is over for the Great Lakes Loons. We'll get into them here in just a minute. But hey, there was a lot of great action over the week. Gavin Stone's one of our mailbag questions, so we're going to save his performance until we get into the mailbag. But Clayton Kershaw on the college roll. I love that. You know, college roll meaning you pitch once a week in college. You have Friday night starters. You have Saturday. You have Saturday night starters and Sunday starters. And then you have what are called Tuesday starters, which are all the rest of the guys that need work. So we've talked about Clayton Kershaw pacing himself to be best prepared for the playoffs. The way he's done that, a pitch once a week, that's the best of all worlds because that gives you enough action to stay sharp, but not so much action that you wear down. So Clayton Kershaw on the college roll. Yeah, very interesting to see him in that. But I also think it's the best role for him. Obviously, we want to see Clayton Kershaw pitch. You're seeing a future Hall of Famer. You're seeing a guy that the Dodgers fans have had the privilege to watch for quite a while. Uh, You also want to be able to watch him. And I know Clayton Kershaw has been dealing with some injuries. You worry about some of the innings, some of the stress that you're putting in on that arm just because of the culmination of a career of innings pitched. And so I think putting him in a once a week type role uh, probably is going to keep him healthiest through the course of the postseason, just be able to get him through all of the different rounds that hopefully the Dodgers will be able to go through in the postseason. And I think it's just going to be best for him overall. And so getting him set up, getting him used to that role now, I think is important for him to be best prepared for the postseason. Okay, like I said, we're going to get into the Gavin Stone talk in our mailbag. He's one of our questions, but... Love the adjustments he made, brought the sinker back, and the cutter's been good. So we'll get into more about him later. Let's move into Michael Grove. Hey, I had a chance to talk to Michael Grove before the season started. The first thing that he said when I asked him, what are your goals for 2023? Point blank, he did not hesitate. He said, my goal is to make the postseason roster. It looked like, you know, for a while he was injured, that that wasn't going to be possible. The Dodgers, though, hey, it's obvious they're serious about this guy because they fast-tracked him back. To the major leagues, they only gave him two outings in Oklahoma City before moving him back up. They are giving this guy a real shot, and he made a good case his last time out in his two scoreless innings. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and you can you can definitely tell that the Dodgers really like what he's able to provide, whether that is in some sort of extended piggyback role, whether that is just an inning or two, having be able, him be able to come in, be able to deliver. I think we've seen a lot of growth with Michael Grove throughout the course of this season. And I think he's somebody that the Dodgers could potentially rely upon uh, in a postseason type setting, no matter the role that they decide to utilize him in. And I think he is gearing up and I think the Dodgers are gearing up for him to be a part of this postseason roster. I think he will be in a one to maybe two inning relief role. I think it'll be against right-handers heavy. 
I know he added the cutter to, to help against lefties, but still, you know, that's still a little bit of a wild card to this point. He has shown that he can be extremely, extremely, extremely good against right-handers, though. So I think, yeah. you know, he's that guy that I think you could bring in for at least three outs if you're going against a right-handed heavy part of another team's lineup. Plus, if they go lefty, then at least you're making them go to their bench, which is always a good thing because pinch hitting is so hard in the major leagues. So I do think that uh, they are looking at Michael Grove quite a bit. Okay, Chris Taylor, the walk-off last night, that was super fun. And the thing about him, man, it's getting to be playoff time, which means that's about the time of year where he plays his best baseball. And the thing about him, he's been so clutch going all the way back to his days in Virginia I've posted this several different times on my, on my social media, but his first walk-off that I can remember of him, and I remember this play like it was yesterday, his team was down by a run. They had the bases loaded, two outs. Chris Taylor was at the plate for Virginia, and he got a base hit with two strikes up the middle. That scored two runs, so they went from being down one to being up one, and that hit right there was in the regional, the super regional finals and that sent the Wahoos to the College World Series. We remember that walk-off against the Cardinals, and now this is the latest one that we have seen last night. So Chris Taylor coming up clutch. Yeah, how cool is that? Dating back to some of his early years. We Dodgers fans are obviously familiar of how clutch he has been in the postseason for the Dodgers, but be able to see that throughout the course of his career, uh, that's something that is incredibly hard to teach. Uh, but it's something that Chris, Chris Taylor has had the ability and has shown the ability to be able to do. So I think having him as a part of this roster, even just for that aspect, even just for that historic aspect of being able to get big hits in big moments, I think is important. For the Dodgers, they were able to uh, win yesterday, Chris Taylor got the big hit, uh, as we saw, and they were able to take in important series three out of four against the Giants. Um, I think it's probably unrealistic to go after the number one seed, just you're a little bit too far behind. Atlanta does have the tiebreaker, but still getting that number two seed is really important. And it's also really nice to be able to win some games in the Giants when the Giants are trying to get that final wild card spot. Uh, so I think you have to come out of this weekend feeling pretty good. No doubt. And I love the pace the Dodgers are on right now. Scored in the first and the last innings. 13 guys were used offensively, which is great because you're winning games while also evaluating the most amount of people you possibly can as far as shaping your postseason roster. James Altman, who has been struggling just a touch as of late, as far as his, his batting average, it was good to see him hit home run number 22. Messaged him last night. The message was very simple. Hey, finish this thing like you started it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we've seen kind of the ups and downs of James Outman's year this year. Uh, he's gone through some incredible highs. He's also gone through some lows during the season. But with James Outman, he's this is his first full full season in the big leagues he's making those adjustments he's learning on the fly and so if he can finish anywhere near the high that he had at the beginning of the season or what he had about a month or so ago uh he's an incredible talent an incredible player and we've seen what he's been able to add to this offense and he's going to be 
play in a very important role for the Dodgers during this postseason. Going to be put in abilities where he has the ability to come up clutch, which we've seen throughout the course of his career, dating back to the minor leagues, that he has the ability to be clutch, like a Chris Taylor. Uh, so I think I have extreme confidence that James Outman is going to be able to make those adjustments on the fly and finish off the season strong. Two for seven with runners in scoring position and another game where the Dodgers had zero errors. Those two stats right there are huge because when you talk about timely hitting, great defense, when you combine that with hitting a few home runs and then scoring late in the game and scoring early in the game. So if you can get that lid off, Early in the game, if you can figure out how to manufacture that run late in the game, you get timely hitting, you get you get uh, you get great defense and good pitching. That literally is the playoff formula. Oh yeah, no, that is what exactly you need to do in the playoffs because if you don't have one of those aspects, one of those aspects can come back to really bite you and really hurt your team. So you need to be good disciplined especially in such a short sample size you need to have good solid pitching just to keep you in the game and then for your offense it's really important to get those early runs or some of those later runs for those early runs just to get you in the game for those late runs to be able to get clutch timing hits uh so i think last night we were able to see the dodgers be able to win in a postseason type game where some of those aspects are needed, where it's a close run scoring of environment, but still finding a way to win, finding a way to get outs when things get tight. Uh, it's something that's absolutely needed in the postseason. My roller coaster continues with Lance Lynn. Last night, very, very, very great performance for him. I'll get into why. Six innings, he did give up the home run to Lamont Wade. But I'll tell you what, he had he gave up five hits and he did have three walks and he had the six Ks. But the reason why I thought last night was such a really great performance for him is that that home run he gave up was the third time when he was rolling back through to the third time through the lineup. And I don't think the Dodgers are going to ask him in the playoffs to face the other team's lineup three times. And so when you look at what he did for the first two times to the lineup, he was pretty much spotless. And so that I think that's how you evaluate his performance last night when you're trying to figure if this translates to postseason success. Yeah, and I think with Lance Lynn, um, we've seen the domination that he's had in the past. Obviously, this year has been a little bit of a struggle, but I think what he's provided for the Dodgers this season so far has been the innings value. to Just to get through the course of the season, I think he's been able to provide some innings, provide some length. Um, in the postseason setting, when it's a five-game series, when it's a seven-game series, uh, when you're able to kind of mix and match and you want the absolute best, um, I think that is when you could see Lance Lynn potentially be held to a little bit of a shorter type outings because I think you can rely on some of the guys out of the Dodgers bullpen if needed, if Lance Lynn's giving up a couple of home runs, which is what we've seen in the past. Um, and so with Lance Lynn, I think he's going to have a role on this team. I think he's going to have a very important role and an opportunity to provide some length for the Dodgers in the bullpen. But I think with him, 
Uh, I think you're going to see him potentially be on a shorter leash, meaning if the Dodgers see some early signs of struggles, I think that's when they can make the call, potentially go to the bullpen, depending on how some of the other rookies are able to adapt to the postseason setting. Uh, I think you can provide a little bit of both depending on how the series is going. I think Lance Lynn's going to have an important role in this postseason roster, though. More great signs last night as far as how his performance went. His forcing was in the zone, so he did you know three walks, but his forcing was in the zone over 50%, so was his changeup. Those were his two main pitches. Now, he didn't throw a slider for a strike as much as he would like, I'm sure, but he did throw his cutter for a strike almost 50% of the time, and then he flipped a couple of curveballs in there. So I think, you know, at any one particular time, he could pivot, take the slider away, but then he could he could have that cutter, you know, because you have the four seam with the, the ride, you have the right turn of the of – the, actually, it was the the, uh, the sinker, and then, you know, or a changeup, whatever he's throwing that day. So he has the right turn of the changeup, and then, you know, you have that left turn still with the cutter. So you don't have to throw the slider – and he was able to throw a couple of curveballs just to kind of keep the hitters off that fastball in 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 fastball counts. Okay, so I thought that was a good performance for him. Final thoughts on anything that happened this weekend with Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, I think overall it was a really good weekend of Dodgers baseball. Taking three out of four in the Giants will never not be fun. Um But being able to do that, being able to show that for a playoff type team that you could potentially see, uh, being able to take the series from them, I think is incredibly important for the Dodgers uh, to kind of start having that uh, some of that playoff elimination type mindset, I think is important. I mean, we're a week away from Dodgers and the postseason being able to start happening. Uh, and so having that mindset, having the ability to eliminate teams, I think is incredibly important. And I think that's what the Dodgers did this weekend. All right, Austin, you ready to uh, put the, the season for the Great Lakes Loons to bed? I sure, I well, not really, but I think I am, yes. All right, fans, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it, and let's take a trip down on the farm. All right, Austin Brubaker was, the Cedar Rapids, I believe, is where the loons were last week. It was a long road trip for you. Austin, dive in and tell us all about that championship series for the Great Lakes loons. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty wild course of events that happening for that happened for the Great Lakes Loons, uh, high A affiliate Los Angeles Dodgers uh, going for the Midwest League Championship, and we talked about it last week, last Wednesday, about how much this meant to a lot of the guys. The guys have gone through a lot this season, whether that's course of different injuries, whether that's a course of different illnesses that have gone through the clubhouse. Um, this team has really bonded together. Uh, there's great communication. There's great teamwork. There's great, great trust amongst this group of guys. Uh, and so go, they went into the Midwest League Championship. You could just tell with a hunger inside of them. Uh, ultimately, they came up a run short of the Midwest League title. Uh, they lost the series in three games to Cedar Rapids Colonels. First off, you got to give congrats to 
the Cedar Rapids Colonels. They have been an incredible force in the Midwest League, both offensively and defensively. They have been incredibly consistent throughout their season. Uh, they have some great players, as you can attest to. Uh, Carson McCusker is a great player. They have the Midwest League MVP, Kalai Rosario. And as the Loons found out, Emmanuel Rodriguez is going to be a big league player. Just a, yeah. a lot of great guys on the Colonels. Uh, broke a 29-year uh, win- Midwest League championship uh, winless streak. Uh, so great for their fans, especially because in Iowa, they lost two minor league affiliates. Now they had the grant, the quad cities, river bandits and Cedar Rapids colonels win it within the past three years um, for the great lakes loons. Um, just looking at the overall big picture, you got to be incredibly proud of what they were able to accomplish this season. All of the guys on this roster were able to contribute in some sort of way and added to the overall culture of Dodgers baseball, added to the overall culture of development. We saw through the course of the Midwest League Championship, Dalton rushing. Oh my goodness, how good is he actually? He had two home runs in game number one. He had another home run, a double in game number three. A couple more hits, I think, splattered around in there. Uh, I I know Dodgers fans were potentially a little bit worried. What about the batting average? What about this? What about that? Uh, There are a lot of reasons as far as what his batting average, some of his numbers are, but the talent is overwhelming as far as what he's able to provide uh you look out for the course of a course of the rest of the roster just the uh team culture just some of the pitching abilities that a lot of these guys have um it was incredible privilege to be able to watch these guys develop they're going to be an incredibly fun team in tulsa next season um it was just a little. It was just difficult to see them just come up a little bit short. I know game two ended up being a suspended game, which I know was incredibly frustrating for them because uh, Justin Robleski Robo was pitching one of the best games of his season, and I know he could have provided length and saved some of the arms that they used at the end of game two for game three. Um, Ultimately, that's not what happened this season. It's unfortunate. I know the loon stands that showed up there were incredibly loud, incredibly supportive of the team. Um, but with this team, you got to be incredibly proud of what they were able to do. There's a lot of talent coming up through the Dodgers system. All of these guys were able to provide some sort of contribution and will provide contributions in the future in the Dodgers organization. Uh, I'm sure throughout the offseason, we'll be able to go through each one of these players individually, some with some sort of player highlights uh, and such, uh, but can't fall a little bit short. Uh, game three, seven to six, disappointing. Um, but incredibly proud of this team. Well, and the, just all the pitching they had, the relief pitching, the starting pitching, you know, they went through all those relievers just to get to that that if necessary game. And then you're like, okay, well, who are they going to throw now? Well, then you have Maddox Bruns and Jared Karras ready for that mm-hmm. last game. So just an overwhelming amount of pitching, different styles of pitchers, 
right-handers, left-handers. You had different styles of offensive players. You had guys like Taylor Young that were scrappy. Then you had guys like Dalton Rushing that could slug. And you had a whole bunch of guys in between, super talented guys like Damon Keith and Gaynor Fernandez and, and Alex Freeland. And so that was a super, super fun team the Great Lakes Loon. So, Austin, super appreciate all of the coverage you've given us for at the high A level this year. It has been absolutely fantastic. So, put the Great Lakes Loons to bed until 2024. So, it was a lot of fun here this next year, and you are correct. We will be doing a lot of player highlights and can't wait to dive into that. So, hey, let's not waste more time. It's time now to get into our Monday Mailbag. All right, fans, it's Monday. That means that it's time for our Monday mailbag. We had some great questions sent in from some great fans of ours. And so our first question for our Monday mailbag, Austin, first of all, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, question number one for Mike. This is a great question. Is Gavin Stone ready for October baseball? If so, what role, starter or reliever? Yeah, I think this is I think this is a really good question because you want to see what arms the Dodgers are going to want to use for the postseason. Um, I think when it comes down to this question, I think it comes down to um, who you have and what matchups you think best align with whichever team that you're going up against. We know the Dodgers very likely to be the number two seed, meaning in an NLDS environment, you're either going to face Milwaukee or whoever is the number six seed. Now, we don't know who the number six seed is. Could be Arizona, could be Chicago, Cincinnati, Miami, any one of those two teams. Uh, and so I think right now you have to kind of prepare yourself to be up going up against Milwaukee. Now for Gavin Stone, I think he probably would be ready for that role. I just don't know if the Dodgers feel comfortable or would have him or would have a spot necessary for him at least for the first round of the playoffs. These individual rounds of the playoffs play a little bit differently with the first round being a best of five. Uh, NLCS being and World Series both being best of sevens. I think you can approach them a little bit differently. So with a best of five, I think that is when you don't necessarily need length. I think you need to play some more of those matchup type roles and play to what best suits up against the other team's competition. So I think with Gavin Stone, I think the issue that he potentially faces, at least for the first round of the postseason, uh, is the Dodgers wanting to get those individual matchups correctly and having the best, having what the most guaranteed opportunities to advance. I think Gavin Stone is talented. I think he, I think we're some of the biggest fans that he has and want him to be successful. I just think with some of the arms that the Dodgers have in their bullpen right now, which is fairly healthy. I know they have Yancy Almonte working his way back. I know they have some other guys that are injured, but they have a lot of depth in their bullpen right now that they could utilize, which could make it difficult for a guy like Gavin Stone to make the postseason roster. Yeah, you know, it's been... 
You know, I posted this yesterday, but when you have rookies, the reason why they need so much run time, we talk about this runway, is that you don't know exactly how their game is going to match up against major league competition, right? So you throw them out there and you see what you got, and then that allows you to see what exact adjustments that a guy needs to make. That's why the the four seam, the guys that throw so hard with the high riding four seams and the left turning sliders, the right turning change ups. That's why I've said this all year. They are more plug and play than than the, the the sinker type of guys that like to keep the ball moving and at the bottom of the zone. So this has been a year of adjustments for Gavin Stone. It didn't take long to realize there were some adjustments that needed to be made for him. Now, he's making those adjustments, and let's be clear, Gavin Stone's future is going to be big. This dude is really, really good. He's going to be a fantastic major league pitcher for a long, long time, but I still think he's in the process of making all the adjustments that he has to make to maximize his effectiveness at the major league level. I don't think that process is open out. Never, you know, Clayton Kershaw is still trying to better himself every time he goes out. So that process never is over. But Gavin Stone, I think, is still more in the middle of it in trying to, you know, figure out, you know, what what sequences work the best, what mixes work the best. And so I still think he's in the middle of that. And because of that, I think that works against him as far as making a postseason roster. You know, he's added that cutter. He ditched the sinker to start the season. He brought it back, and so, you know, that sinker is a really good pitch for him. So I think from that perspective, he's probably a long shot. Having said that, that does not mean the Dodgers, if he doesn't make a postseason roster, that doesn't mean the Dodgers are any less high on Gavin Stone. That doesn't think that they that doesn't mean that they think his future is any less bright than it would have been if they put him on the postseason roster. So I would be surprised if he made it. I would be, you know, it'd be a pleasant surprise, and I would certainly enjoy that and, and be excited for Gavin. But I think that would, would probably be a long shot. Am I off there? No, I think I think you're right there. And especially if you look at the arms on the roster right mm-hmm. now. Um, right now, you're having expanded rosters, so you have 28 people on your roster. That's going to, I believe, shrink down to 26 once you get to the postseason, meaning you have 14 arms. That mm-hmm. does not include Gavin Stone on the roster right now. That shrinks down to 13. And so I think with that, I think that makes it a long shot uh, for him, uh, which is unfortunate because Gavin Stone has put in a ton of work and made a bunch of adjustments this season. Uh, that does not minimize the future, the bright future that he has and the potential that we see in Gavin Stone. Um, I think he's going to do amazing and great things for the Los Angeles Dodgers, whether that comes in the postseason this season, whether that comes in the future. There's still a week left in the regular season. Anything can happen, and he might be called upon if needed. And I think if he is needed, I think he has the ability and will be able to be successful in the postseason. I just don't think that call is very likely at this Mm -hmm. point. Keep in mind, we have zero inside information. And Mm -hmm. even if I had the ability to get that type of information, I wouldn't ask because it's none of my business. That's for the the higher brass to to take care of. They're so good at figuring that out. So, hey, we very well could be wrong, but those are our thoughts as of this Monday morning. So great question, Mike. Thank you for sending that in. Keep sending in your Monday mailbag questions. That's fantastic. Okay, question number two from Sean. Do you think we will see Kyle Hurt and then Gavin Stone, he mentioned him, uh, or Emmett Sheehan make the postseason roster? Yeah, so this is another good question because this is a group of rookies 
uh, guys that I got to see last year in Great Lakes, but guys that the Dodgers fans had had the ability to see in L.A. over the course of this season. Uh, with Gavin Stone, we were able to touch on him in the previous question, so I won't uh, re-go over that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for Kyle Hurt, I think that's a little bit interesting just because the Dodgers have only utilized him once at the big league level. I would think if the Dodgers wanted to utilize him in the postseason, uh, that they would try to give him a little bit more runtime, which makes you think that the Dodgers probably won't utilize him in that role. I kind of see him as a in the Joe Kelly type of role. I don't think he's going to necessarily provide length. I think he's there to strike batters out which is what joe Kelly kind of does really well and so i think there if there's something that is wrong with joe kelly i think you could potentially see him feel into that type of role but i think the dodgers would feel more comfortable if they gave him a little bit more runtime at the big league level to potentially utilize him in the postseason um the other argument with that is not a lot of big league players have had the ability to see kyle hurt and so if you want a secret weapon to use yep. in the postseason, throw him in there. Um, I think that's unlikely just because I think the Dodgers want to feel comfortable with what they have in the postseason. And I think a lot of the bullpen arms are pitching really effective right now. Uh, makes it a little bit difficult. For Emmett Sheehan, I think out of the three of those guys, he has the most likely to make it to the postseason roster. And it's because we've seen him the most, I think. Yeah, I think we've seen him the most. I think we've seen him be really effective recently. We saw his outing against San Francisco this past weekend. Um, for him, I think it's going to come down to the Dodgers' strategy as far as how they want to go about pitching in an individual postseason series. So uh, for me, I actually think that Emmett Sheehan would be more likely to be utilized in a seven-game series as opposed to a five-game series. And let me explain why. Uh, So I think the Dodgers are going to go with a four-man rotation for the postseason. I think you're going to go with uh, Bobby Miller, Clayton Kershaw. uh, You're going to go with Ryan Pepio, and you're going to go with Lance Lynn. You can change out the order. I think Doc has stated Bobby Miller, Clayton Kershaw, games one and two. order can change for the rest of those for your bullpen you want to be able to figure out what is best utilized with the matchup that you have and you also have to keep in mind what is needed in a five game series is length needed or are individual matchups going to be better played in the postseason and i think in a five game shorter series because you have those four starters that you can rely upon, I think individual matchups would probably play a little bit better in that postseason. Just because if you look at the Dodgers bullpen right now, uh, you have 10 guys in the bullpen. If you have those four starting pitchers, they can only have nine of those guys. And I also think I'm basing this off of the Dodgers playing Milwaukee, assuming yeah. that Milwaukee makes it into the next round, just because we don't know who that sixth seed is. Uh, there's a couple things that the Milwaukee Brewers are really good at. Uh, number one is drawing walks. 
you have to be able to throw strikes. You have to be able to limit the amount of walks the Brewers have. You also have to have guys that can come in and be able to get a guy like Christian Yelich out, who has struggled against left-handed pitching. And so I think with this, I think you could have that debate of, do we want an Emmett Sheehan do, or do we want an Alex Vesia? Do right. you want some of that length? Um, although Emmett Sheehan in the big league level has struggled with some walks this year, or do you want to deal with in Alex Vesia, who has been a little bit better over the course of the past couple of months um, and who I think could potentially be used in like a fifth or sixth inning if you want to go ahead and play the matchup game with a guy like Christian Yelich, bring him in if Christian Yelich is on with two outs to get a guy like him out. I think that is how you have to approach it. Now, for a seven-game series, if you need some insurance like a Ryan Yarborough provides for some length in case something happens with some of your unknown with like a Lance Lynn giving up some home runs with some of the young pitchers, you don't know how they're going to adapt to the postseason environment. I think that's where it's more likely that Emmett Sheehan could be used. Um, Makes it really interesting because I don't know how the Dodgers see these individual matchups. I think that's how you have to approach Emmett Sheehan. Again, like Gavin Stone, he's got an incredible talent and well-deserved to be on the postseason roster if he is. I don't know how the Dodgers are going to play it, though. Yeah, and I think they're they're. I think Kyle Hurts' chances if the Dodgers just don't want Lance Land to pitch against the Braves, just because I don't like that matchup. I think that's where he could slip in to that. You know, you can change your rosters in between series, so you know that I think that has a possibility to open up one of those roster spots for these guys. But hey, great job answering that question. Not a whole lot more I can add to that. Okay, so question number three from Jay: Do you think Doc uses a later game defensive replacement? For Max Muncy in the playoffs, and who, in your opinion, plays the best third base defense on the team? Yeah, this is this is a good question because I think we've seen some struggles with Max Muncy at third base uh, this season, and so I think Dodgers fans want to be able to plug and play some guy at third base who could potentially be better in later games for a team like Milwaukee which all of this I'm basing off of the immediate series that you're likely to play or could potentially play. Uh, We know Milwaukee has a great pitching staff. They, Mm -hmm. they just, they just do. Uh, So with that, uh, there's a couple different arguments that you could have one. You could want to have your best hitters in your lineup regardless, or you could want to play, put in a guy you think could be best defensively because it could be a lower scoring environment. But I think with the Dodgers, I think if you look at some of the metrics, I don't know if anybody is substantially better at third base than Max Muncy right now to remove him from the lineup. I think you will be dealing with either one of Kike Hernandez or a Chris Taylor at third base if you wanted to replace if you wanted to replace Max Muncy, I don't think either of those guys are substantially better at third base than Max Muncy to be able to take him out of the game. Um, so with that, I don't necessarily see that as a likelihood. Um, 
it's still totally possible if they like those third base matchups. But I think if you look at some of the metrics, whether that's defensive run saves, whether that's outs above average, I don't think either of them are substantially better than Max Muncy to take his offensive production out of the lineup. Yeah, because if you're only up one run and the other team ties it, now you don't have Max Muncy's bat in the lineup. That's not a situation Doc is going to want. And if you're up three or something like that, then, you know, hey, I don't know. That probably means that Chris Taylor or somebody or Kike's probably already pinch hit. And here's the deal. Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor are likely to be your guys off the bench to pinch hit, or they're already going to be in the game for somebody else. And so they're not going to pinch hit for Max Muncy. So I think the logistics of who those guys will come in and pinch hit for, plus the fact that, you know, if it's only a one-run game, you can't take Max Muncy's bat out of the lineup. I'd be surprised if they took him out, late-inning replacement, but, hey, you never know. And, and you know, I've, I've learned just to shut my brain down with these kinds of deals because I'm usually wrong on these types of things. The Dodgers have all those numbers, but I think it would be unlikely. It's certainly not impossible, but I think if they did take Max Muncy out of the game, it would be based on, it would be based on you know, hey, uh, which guy that they, they want to come back up on matchups as far as if, if they had to offensively. So I think it would go from that perspective, but I agree with your Austin. So a great question there from Jay. Let's get to our fourth question. Do you think Clayton Kershaw and Lance Lynn start games in a seven-game series? We've talked about the seven-game series, Lance Lynn. We think he will be one of the four starters. How many innings do you think they'll last, and do you see L.A. considering – piggybacking them with MHC in and maybe Kyle Hurt. I will address that. I think they're going to go two two times to the lineup. That's as simple as I'll keep it. Yeah. No, I think I think with that, I think Clayton Kershaw and Lance Lynn are both going to get starts in those seven game series. I think you have to um I think you have to be careful of how do you utilize them. With Clayton Kershaw, you're worried about his health. With Lance Lynn, you're worried about giving up home runs and getting having the game kind of get away from you early. Um, and I think we've addressed Emmett Sheehan and Kyle Hurt. I think they would be more likely to be utilized in a seven-game series environment because of the insurance that they can provide. They both have experience in that piggyback role. They both have experience providing some some length. Uh, it's just going to be how do the matchups line up and what do you think gives you the best chance to win that series? I think it depends on who you are going to play. If you make it to that seven-game series, got to get through the five-game series first. Yeah, no doubt. And, I, of course, Kershaw, if he's just dealing, you know, and he's just mowing the other team down and, and he's looking like he's unhittable that night, I think the Dodgers will roll with him as far as they possibly can, but I don't think that they will allow Lance Lynn to face the other teams line up more than two times through, and I do think he will, like we said, start in a seven-game series. Okay, question. So that was a great question from Sean. Thank you so much. And, guys, keep sending in your questions. This is fantastic. Question number five, last question of the day in our mailbag. This comes from Chuck. How do you think Alex Vesia – how do you think Dave Roberts will use Alex Vesia? Yeah, really good question because I think Alex Vesia, with the way that he has pitched over the course of the past month or two, is likely to make it to the postseason roster. And so I think with that, um, I think he's most likely to be utilized in that 
first series, I think you're likely to see him if the Dodgers match up against Milwaukee. Um, I think he's going to be put in fairly low leverage roles. I don't think you're going to see him right at the end of the game, if at all possible. At least that won't be the game plan for the Dodgers. I think he's going to be utilized to try to get some of those left-handed hitters out, whether you're talking about guys like Sal Fralick, whether you're talking about guys like Christian Yelich or Carlos Santana, uh, whatever you think could be best utilized for the matchups that you have over the course of a inning. Um, I think that is what he's going to be utilized for in the postseason. Obviously, you have Yarborough. You also have uh, Caleb Ferguson, guys that can also be utilized in that role. Um, I think Alex Vesia just having that additional left-handed arm out of the pen is going to give you more ability to play that matchup game to give you just this slight advantage uh, because those slight advantages can come up huge in the postseason. I think he's going to be used. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say per inning because you don't know what inning that the starter gets through that lineup for the second time. He's going to be used – uh, he's going to be used that third time through a team's lineup, and it's going to be against the part of the lineup that best matches up for him. So I think that's the role for him, that third time through the lineup and in the best part of the lineup as far as matchups for Alex Vesey. So, hey, great questions to mailback. That was a lot of fun. So, Austin Brubaker, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, just – I mean, we are – have one more week of the regular season before things start getting real. And when things are real, things can be real fun for the Dodgers. And this, this is a fun, nervous uh, time because it's starting to get serious. This is the culmination of what you've been working for, for a year now. And Dodgers are making their final decisions. We'll see kind of how things are able to adapt over the course of this next week. We'll see the Dodgers be able to, I believe they've already clinched at least a second seed in the postseason just with how many games up there are with Milwaukee. And so we'll see if they're able to chase down the Braves. I see it as probably unlikely uh, being down four games plus that Atlanta has the the tiebreaker. Um, but it's going to be a fun next week of Dodger baseball leading up to the postseason. Postseason baseball, how can you not be excited about that? And I really, really, really love the way the Dodgers have paced themselves going into the playoffs. Hey, they still are very competitive. They're still winning most of their games, but they're doing it at a pace that's allowing them to, to rest enough, staying sharp while also giving all these guys, you know, the, the competition they need. To, to show whether they, you know, the roles that they should be used in the playoffs. So I think the Dodgers have done it just absolutely perfectly. So that's going to do it for our mailbag today. So super appreciative of everybody tuning in. Hope you tune in next time. And just a reminder, if you'd like to help Dodgers daily by donating, we have a GoFundMe account. And if you'd like to sponsor, just DM me or, or you can email me at DodgersDaily73. Don't forget to leave a like, leave a comment. Make sure and interact with this video. That way it hits that YouTube algorithm and we can get as many views as we can and we can keep providing content like this in the future. So as always, I want to thank Austin Brubaker, who you see right there on your screen for joining like he does each and every Monday. And I would like to thank you for tuning in. And I'd like to say, go Dodgers.